the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that he created us in his own image and sacrificed his only begotten sinless son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Why did he create the institution of marriage? Number one, to reflect the kingdom of God on earth to reflect the kingdom of God on earth. Just jot this scripture down. I'll read it to you. Ephesians 5, 23 through 24. To reflect the kingdom of God on earth. Ephesians 5, 23 through 24. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. The marriage relationship is intrinsic to the church. The godly marriage represents Christ just as the church represents Christ. When marriage operates on the basis of the original design, it becomes a clear picture of the kingdom of God on earth that arrests the attention of onlookers to the point that they desire what we have because they see love in the Christian home. Submission in the Christian home. The picture of the family ought to be a picture of the kingdom because they see selfless, sacrificial service. They see trust in the home, obedience in the home. They see worship in a way that they have never seen before in the home. Listen, when you see love, submission, unity, selfless, sacrificial service, Trust, obedience, worship. Listen, when you see all of that, you see a picture of the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy what? Will be done. The family ought to be a picture of the kingdom on earth. However, the sad commentary is that instead of the family being a model on earth, the Christian family as we see it today has been blurred and distorted with multiple divorces. The Christian family has been distorted with adultery and pornography, materialism, pride, reversal of role, roles, uh, drunkenness and bitterness. Only repentance and the realigning of our marriage back on biblical principles can clear up the distorted picture that the church currently has on display. If the family is going to be helped, it will not be through the Democrats or the Republicans. It will not be through Hollywood. It will be through the church. The church. But the church has such 
a distorted picture of what the family should be that the world can't even get the right picture when they tune in to the church. Number two, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God created the family because he wanted suitable companionship for Adam. He wanted what? Suitable companionship for Adam. That's why God created the family. In Genesis 2, 18, Genesis 2, 18, just jot it down. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. God gave Eve to Adam as a help meet for him, which literally means a helper fit or comparable for him. God gave Adam someone who could relate to him, understand him, and help him. So God gave of the family because he wanted suitable companionship for Adam. Number three, God created the family in order to ensure the process of procreation for the continuance of the human race. I repeat it again. It's such a big one. God created the family in order to what? Ensure the process of what? Procreation for the continuance of the human race. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, uh, verse A, it says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and what? Multiply and replenish the earth. And in today's text, in Malachi 2.15, there's a phrase I told you to underline just a little while ago. It says, God has created the family. It says in Malachi 2.15, God created the family uh, because he seeks godly offsprings. You see that right there? Under, that is so critical. He seeks what kind of offsprings? And so if it's going to be a godly offspring, it needs to come out of a godly what? Home and family. The procreation of the human race through the family was God's original plan for mankind from the beginning. Now Satan has undermined marriage and has severely damaged the family through selfishness and carnal gratification, which ushers in all kinds of sexual perversion. We can clearly see Satan attempting to cut off the propagation of the human race through abortion and same-sex marriage because he does not want Christians to produce godly offspring. That's why he promotes abortion. That's why we live in a culture of death. As a matter of fact, death is promoted even above life. When Christian families produce godly offspring, guess what happens? The gospel will be witnessed to liberate the souls of our children from the state of lostness and transfer them from the family of Satan into the kingdom of God. Therefore, Satan assaults the family with divorce. He assaults the family with what? Divorce. Number four, God created the family to encourage self-control. Say self-control. God created the, the marriage to encourage self-control. 1 Corinthians 7, 9. Just jot it down for time's sake. God created marriage to encourage self-control. 1 Corinthians 7, 9, it says, It is better to marry than to burn with passion. 
In other words, if you do not have the gift of celibacy to be able to live your life without need of sex or want or desire of sex, but live your life as unto the Lord, if you can't live a life of abstinence, then you'll be wise indeed to petition God for a spouse, a Christian spouse, to keep you from being taken advantage of by a promiscuous society in which we live. Everybody don't have the gift of celibacy. And if you can't contain yourself, ask God for a husband or a wife. And you say, well, I can't wait. Yes, you can. Who gave you what you got? And the God who gave you what you have can help you and control your passionate desires. Verse 16, you're hanging with me? Verse 16, for the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce, for it covers one's garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. In verse 16, the verse opens up with, for the Lord God says he what? He hates what? Divorce. You see, the Israelites were not to sin against God by divorcing their Jewish Jewish wives and intermarrying with pagan women. Beloved, the scripture is clear. God hates divorce, which means that he detests it. God means what he says and says what he means. In the church today, there is a severe deficiency on teaching on divorce and remarriage. And if there were more of a strict view taught on divorce and remarriage, I believe there would be fewer divorces in our churches. Very few pastors are teaching on this critical subject. Or if it is taught at all, it is taught lightly, loosely, and liberally. And maybe many pastors can't teach on it because they themselves have had two or three divorces. Why do couples divorce? Why do couples divorce? Number one, couples have conflicting personal beliefs. Conflicting personal beliefs. In other words, there is a difference of opinion regarding religion, child rearing, moral and ethical values. That's why you ought to get counseling. Christian counseling before you're married. So you can resolve some of these issues and not discover them after the fact. Couples have conflicting personal beliefs. That's why they get divorced. Number two, couples' marital satisfaction decreases. In other words, one partner may feel they are not satisfied with having only one mate because she or he just doesn't satisfy me any longer. Couples' marital satisfaction decreases. Number three, Cruel treatment of physical abuse is a reason why many divorce. Cruel treatment of physical abuse. Normally, the husband abuses the wife, but now you got more wives beginning to abuse the husbands. Number four, bigamy. A person marries a second time while a previous marriage is still in effect. Number five, it's going to get quiet. (laughs) Imprisonment. A person does not want to stand by their man or woman during incarceration. Number six, spousal indignities. 
A husband or wife commits an act that is a humiliation, disgrace, or embarrassment to the spouse or the family. Spousal indignities. Number seven, many divorce because of institutionalization. A spouse is committed for mental health reasons. Number eight, selfishness. A marriage that has constant friction because one always wants to have their way. Selfishness. So I'm tired of that selfish man or that selfish woman. Number nine, excessive credit and conflict over how money will be spent. One is a spender and one is a saver. And wisdom and communication are not exercised in the spending of household funds. And sometimes you have marriages where both of them are spenders. That's even worse. (laughs) Oh, that's a whole nother issue. I wish I could elaborate about 15 minutes on each one of those. Number 10, couples divorce because of interference from in-laws. Interference from in-laws. Either the husband or wife has not fully emancipated from the parents. They haven't cut the apron. They are still cleaving, cleaving to mama and daddy instead of each other. In-laws becoming outlaws. (laughs) Number 11, unrealistic expectations. That's why many divorce. Unrealistic expectations. Uh, Many enter into marriages thinking they can change someone or change their thinking that marriage is a walk down easy street. They have some kind of romantic illusions (laughs) which will soon turn into disillusionment. Why do couples divorce? Number 12, because of overcommitment and physical exhaustion. Overcommitment and physical exhaustion. This danger can occur when you try to do too much. You're going to school, you're working a full-time job, raising three or four children. That's that old way of saying it. You fix the house and start a business all at the same time. And the only time they see each other is when they're all worn and tuckered out and they can't even experience the joys of marriage because they have nothing else to give when they get home. They grouchy, acting ugly, short, don't want to deal with anybody. You tired. You're doing too much. You put burdens on you that the Lord didn't put on you. You need to ask God to lighten your burden and stop thinking you Mr. and Mrs. VIP. Why gain the whole world and lose your family? You need to come home working three and four jobs and then you don't even know each other. Latchkey kids. Kids with everybody but mama and daddy. They grow up and saying, who is mama? Number 13, divorce happens because of alcohol, substance abuse, pornography, and other addictions. These are destructive behaviors that once experimented with 
can not only destroy a marriage, but destroy the individual as well. Leave them alone. Keep your life clean and do not toy around with evil. Number 14, getting married too young creates divorce. Some couples are not mature enough to handle the pressure and the stresses of early married life. However, if you are here today and you are very young and married, you can succeed against the odds if you keep God first. Number 15, space invaders. Oh, God help me. You ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till next week. Space invaders. I'm not, ta- I'm not referring to aliens from Mars, but to those who violate the breathing room needed by their partner, suffocating them and destroying the attraction between them. Love must be free of jealousy and it must be confident. You step out the door and you're going to find me. Where you been? Where, why that low? Oh, you, you didn't take all that. You should have been back here four hours ago. I'm, I mean, you can't go anywhere. You got 15 reasons where you've been, how you've been, to whom. Just, now, I know it ought to be accountability. But my God, you can suffocate your marriage. A marriage must be built on trust. And you, uh, wife, quit having your husbands under surveillance. <laughs> and likewise, husbands, wives, vice versa. Oh, just looking for something. <coughs> Look, just digging. Seeking ye shall. <laughs> oh, God. I mean... If your wife want to go out, you ought to give her a day out. Man, you take it to your honey, go out, get your hair done, go to, go to the mall, get yourself a drink, do something, go out, just go breathe. You come back, we can, I like you better, you know? And you ladies, let the guys go, let, let your husband go out. Let him go enjoy a football game with the guys and go hang out every once in a while. I ain't saying you ought to live with the boys all the time, but I'm just saying, uh, uh, but the other time, let him go out and see a cowboy game. Oh, hang on. That's nothing wrong with that. And then also on the other side, you ought to be doing a lot of things together too. Okay? It's, it's wrong when you spend all your time out of the house and so little time in the house. But if you're always at home and there are time or two when you want to go out and hang, then that ought to be okay too. Because marriage is built on trust. I'm going to close with this and I got to stop. I got to stop. But let me give you a little preview. (laughs) I'm going to be talking about next time. If God hates divorce, then why does he permit it? I'm going to be talking about what are the reasons for divorce. I'm going to be talking about marriage. I'm going to be talking about remarriage. I'm going to be talking about what happens if your marriage was on non-biblical grounds. What What to do if you messed up ignorantly. Uh, I got a whole lot of stuff in here. Ooh, I'm going to stop right there, but let me close with this section for now, okay? I just gave you a teaser for next time. Why does God hate divorce? I'm going to close with this. Number one, 
It breaks up a holy, sacred union created by God himself. Who, who made marriage? And, and so when you divorce, you break up a God-made thing. And folk could care less about it. You know what bothers me? I can understand the world not caring less about it, but when the church could care less, then we really got a problem. When you are a born-again Christian caring so little about a God-ordained thing, it breaks up a holy, sacred union created by God himself. Number two, it is harmful. It is harmful to the couple leaving wounds and scars that often last a lifetime. A lifetime. It's harmful to the couple. Both, both the husband and the wife, leaving wounds and scars, often lasting a lifetime. Number three, divorce often brings on financial crisis to one or both partners, not to mention the attorney fees, court costs, and child support. Cheaper to keep them. <laughs> Number four, <laughs> It is harmful to the children. It's harmful to the children, leaving them angry, leaving them hurt, leaving them emotionally disturbed, leaving them crushed, and leaving them insecure. Your child doesn't deserve that. You may be saying, uh, I did all I could to keep my marriage. You know what? And I know that's probably true for a whole lot of you. But still, that wasn't the child's fault, even if you were the innocent party. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, number five, children are suddenly confronted with the issue of child visitation, which often brings undue stress, tension, and pressure on the child especially when one or both parents talk down their ex-spouse, which doesn't help anything. To, to you parents who are divorced with children, for God's sake, if at all possible, it is far better to be friends than enemies with your ex-spouse. I know there's some crazy dudes out there. <laughs> they don't want to be your friend. And women, too. Some crazy women out there. And I know sometimes that's next to impossible. But if it is at all possible, it is better to operate on a friendship basis for the sake of the child. Children who are victims of divorce have gone through enough trauma and don't deserve to be in the midst of an adversarial relationship. Number six, why God hates divorce? Divorce brings on alienation, rejection, and bitterness. Alienation, rejection, and bitterness. That's what it does. And two more and we're done. Number seven, divorce is similar to death. Repeat after me. Divorce, divorce. is similar, similar. to death. Yeah. Thank you. You say, what do you mean? The only difference is your ex-wife or husband is alive. The wedding ring is taken off. The wedding pictures 
are now taken off the wall and your possessions are divided up. And suddenly, you are home alone. It is likened unto death, with the exception that your spouse is alive. Finally, but not the least, God hates divorce because divorce breaks the heart of God. Divorce breaks the heart of God and glorifies Satan, whose chief aim is to destroy the family. Somebody saying, I'm going to divorce him. I'm going I'm to divorce her. I'm tired of this stuff. Listen, you know what you got, but you don't know what you're getting. You think the grass is greener? You can talk to somebody here that's been married more than once and found out that it, it didn't get green. It got ugly. <laughs> You just get out. God, I'm getting out of here. Hey, man, I'm gone. I'm out. Bye. Oh, my. I want to leave this with you. In divorce, nobody wins but Satan. Nobody wins but Satan. And some of you all have played in his hand, about to play in his hand. And you, if you could only see the consequences of, of the other side of the fence, you may just rethink some things and say, you know what, I'll be wise. If at all possible, I can stay here and work it out. And all God's children said. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210 821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.